Down and distance. Down and distance. Down and distance. On WGNRadio.com. Too bad you can't get famous just for telling stories, huh? Podcasts. It's like radio, but it's not on the radio. It's the Another week, and that means another edition of Down the Distance here on WGNRadio.com. Jared Payton, alongside my man Ernie Scatton, shy voice man on Twitter. I'm at Payton's son, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. And we get a chance to talk with one of my favorites when it comes to Bears football. We think alike, publisher of Bear Report. Follow him on Twitter. At Bear Report, my man Jeremy Stoltz is joining us now on the podcast. What's going on, Jeremy? Hey, Jared. How you guys doing? We're doing well, man. And, you know, camp is around the corner. You and I talked about this yesterday, about that that feeling when I wake up in the morning and I walk outside on a Saturday and I go to get the paper and I smell the grass and it smells like football is, is a right here. Like I can taste it and I can smell it. And the Bears, little vacation right now. They'll be back at work in Bourbonnet six weeks or so. But I think still the question is, is how Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky are going to be able to coexist on this roster, on this team. And let's say something happens. Let's say let's say Glennon, you know, goes 0-4 out the gate. You know Bears fans are going to be calling for the rookie quarterback to be able to get in. But is that the the greatest thing for this organization moving forward? Well, I I think it may not be just the fans. It might be Ryan Pace calling for him to get in there too, especially if they start off on four or on five. I don't know if it's the best thing to throw him out there in the first month, but Hey, you know, if if it gets out of control, if they start off two and six, we get into the second half of the season after the break. I think that would be a good time because right now uh, Trubisky's not there. I mean, just a couple, uh, you know, a month ago he was fumbling snaps, just trying to figure out how to get out from under center. So I don't think you want to put him in a situation where, you know, you go back to, you know, some of the guys like David Carr where they just weren't ready and they didn't have the pieces around them. And, you know, that really, you know, put him a step backward. I don't think that that would be great for him, but I do think, he, you know, he's he'll, he will be ready uh, by the second half of the season. I mean, we've seen a little bit of development. You've seen him out there. Um, you know, he has all the pieces to be successful. So you let him sit for a little while, let him get a little bit of experience, you know, sitting behind a veteran like Lennon, and then, uh, you know, let him play in the second half of the season. I think that would do him well going into 2018. You know, Jeremy, I wasn't there every single day to see OTAs and minicamp, but I was there a couple of days, and I got a chance to see the young man, and he can he can spin the football. But there were some some talks of people that I know that are – in the business that said that he's having a hard time understanding the playbook. Did you see that while you were at some of those practices? Yeah, I, I, but you know, I saw it out of Mike Glennon too. I mean, I I think it's, it's natural. We're going to have troubles with the playbook with Mr. Trubisky. I mean, we're talking about a guy who never played under center, really worked out of that spread system that a lot of quarterbacks come out of. And, you know, they really kind of have to start from scratch uh, when they come into the, into an NFL system. So, I don't think we should have expected him to, you know, really grasp onto Dow Loggins' playbook right away. I, I you know, growing pains are going to happen with this kid. Uh, you know, hope to me when we've t- spoke with him, when I've personally been able to speak with him, seems like a smart kid. Seems like he, you know, understands what's expected of him, and uh, you know, should be able to pick up the playbook. That's actually kind of surprising to me to hear that. I haven't heard that um, because I, I do think that he's the type of player who's really dedicated uh, to his craft and. Hey, if he's struggling now, you know, I think he's got all the tools to, you know, eventually, you know, build on that and become the type of player that they drafted him to be. 
What scares me is that he is struggling, that the, the reports are that he is struggling, because isn't he supposed to be the smart quarterback that can decipher things and can not, you know, he's quick, he's got a great release, he's got the pinpoint accuracy. Everything that I've heard is that he's a very smart quarterback and a very uh, intelligent quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, that's going to be his biggest challenge, you know, when when the, the, the defenders start coming at him and they start mixing up their their coverage packages, you know, how is he going to be able to deal with these these things mentally? I mean, we know he has all the physical attributes, but can he, uh, you know, process everything quickly and be able to, you know, execute under pressure like that? We, we, we don't know. I mean, and that's that's really the biggest, you know, learning curve that he has going forward. But I would say that's the same thing for Mike Glennon, too. So, uh, you know, it's not an ideal situation to have both these guys learning at the same time. So, uh, you know, I think if Lennon is, like you said, if he's that smart type of player, he'll he'll eventually get it. Um, but hopefully he doesn't have to do it right away in the, early in the regular season. Well, Jeremy, I'll tell you what, man. On Twitter, I was doing right before the draft, I was kind of previewing players and just trying to, you know, figure out maybe some players that the Bears fans should watch. And, you know, I know the Bears follow me on Twitter. I, I didn't know that they were going to take my suggestion one of my suggestions at number two with Adam Shaheen, but could we see him making an immediate impact as a rookie? Because, I mean, from what I've seen of him, a big guy, not only just a big guy, but can catch and can run for his size. Yeah, I'm a big Adam Shaheen fan. And I remember when we you looked at some of the film of him playing uh, – and it looked like he was playing against high school kids. And you thought, you know, he's, you know, when he gets to the NFL level, he's not going to look as big, but no, he's, I mean, six, seven, two eighty. that translates no matter who you're playing against. So like, he, like you said, I mean, he, he doesn't, he, he's not a stiff six, seven, two eighty. I mean, he can move. I think, you know, the play that really stood out to me was a, a, a fade pattern that he ran in the front to the front pylon of the end zone uh, during red zone drills adjusted to the ball back shoulder shoulder throw twisted his body around and snatched the ball out of the air as he was diving i mean you don't see players that big making plays like that and showing that type of athleticism so like you said he's got good hands and he can run after the catch he's got good mobility he's good in the open field and he's got the size to be able to absorb contact and still make those catches so you put all those pieces together and add in the fact that he's you know building this immediate rapport with uh you know the number one quarterback in the draft and i think Yes, he can have an immediate impact right away in the red zone. I think he's going to be a huge target in the red zone. But I think as he gets more uh, experience, gets more comfortable in this offense, I think they're going to realize, especially with the dearth of talent that they have at wide receiver, that a guy like Shaheen might be their best bet you know, in the passing attack. So even if he's not the, the top guy right away, even if Deion Sims and Zach Miller are getting more the majority of the reps, I, I see Shaheen's role in the offense building uh, as the season progresses. I, I got to go fan real quick, and I'm all smiley. Like, are we looking at possibly like a, a, a Gronk type thing going on here? Well, you know, I'm I'm not going to label. I mean, that's a, that's a high bar to set, and he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. But just from what I've seen, I mean, the concerns about him playing in a small school, I don't have those concerns anymore. I mean, I had him going into rookie minicamp, and he's shown me that he's uh, as athletic as he was on on film at, at, in college. And I, I, you know, I've seen. Uh, pretty much everything out of him that I wanted to see. So let him, let this kid develop and let him prove that he's the next drunk. But, you know, the talent's there, that's for sure. It's it's funny, Jeremy, because you look at these selections from this past draft, and a lot of people had questions when you were looking at guys coming from small schools, Adam Shaheen and then Tariq Cohen. But being able to watch Cohen actually in this offense and what he's able to do and what – kind of the Bears want to be able to do with him is be a guy on third downs, but also be a a change of pace back with Jordan Howard. 
I mean, he looks like he could actually have an immediate impact as well right out the gate. Yeah, and I think there isn't much – there's not a lot of competition there. I mean, Jeremy Langford hasn't really, you know, excelled in that role in the past, and he's, he's not even practicing right now. And, I, you know, there's no one else in, the, in, the, in that backfield who has the type of hands and elusiveness that Cohen brings. And, you know, you've seen him. I mean, he's just – his burst, his mobility in the open field, you know, his stop, and, stop on a dime and able to cut back and, and change direction, it's unlike anything I've ever seen and, He's a little guy. You worry about the injuries. If he takes big hits, if he's going to be able to absorb that. But, you know, they may not be able to catch him. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> he's done some things just in the past month that have really, you know, he's been better than I expected. You know, same with Shaheen. I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for either guy. Uh, they kind of blown me away. So I think, yeah, just in a third down roll, his hands are, are exceptional. Uh, and you get him in the open field, he can make a lot of, uh, you know, you know, he's a home run threat every time he touches the ball. So I think, you know, he's gonna, like Shaheen, he's going to carve out a bigger and bigger role as the season progresses. Does it still bother you a little bit as you watch this team in, in OTAs and minicamps, uh, the offense, that maybe, I think both sides, people forget that there's three phases of a football team, and you forget about special teams, but it's more the focus on offense and defense. Are you more worried about the Bears' offense than you are the Bears' defense? I am. I, I just think there's so many new parts. I don't think they have a, a clear-cut number one wide receiver. Uh, there's injuries right now along the offensive line. I worry about the health up front. And I just worry about the quarterback situation in general and whether or not these guys can adapt to that log and system right away. You know, we discussed how difficult that schedule is early on. You know, if those tough defenses really, you know, shut down the Bears' offense, that's going to, you know, kill any momentum that they have, any, any uh, you know, uh, anything that they have going into there. And then, you know, things could spiral out of control right right away. And I think the defense has already shown that they're farther along. I think they're a little bit more talented. There's more experience on the defensive side of the football. They've added some good pieces, especially in the secondary. So, you know, I think there's a little bit more swagger on that side of the football, where on the offensive side, you know, they're definitely in stage two of, you know, 20. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the secondary because that's where I was going. I was I'm wondering, does Eddie Jackson make any sort of appearance this year on the field? I know they went out and they they're trying to remake it with Demps and Prince Akamakamakamakamora, and does Adrian Amos continue to play? What happens in the secondary now? Well, I, I think in the at safety it, it, it's wide open, and I think if Eddie Jackson can get can get on the field, I mean he's still recovering from that leg injury. They've been taking it easy with him, but. You know, I haven't been able to see him in practice field, but I, on film he does have that range that they need uh, or that they haven't had from a free safety in a while. And I know that they want that from Demps, who had six interceptions last year, but you're talking about a 31-year-old uh, you know, who maybe doesn't have the same type of range that he had earlier on in his career. So, you know, I think Jackson's right in play. I think a guy like DeAndre Hall uh, really excites me uh, at the safety position. They're moving him to the safety spot where he's played before. He didn't just play cornerback uh, at Northern Iowa. So his size and his length on the back end. I'm excited to see what he can do in the preseason. But really the guy that you mentioned, Amukamara, he's, he's been the guy that's really impressed me out of all the cornerbacks and uh, making plays left and right on the practice field, really shutting down guys like Kevin White. You know, you, you kind of see it's either Amukamara is better than we thought or these receivers are, are worse than we thought because he's, you know, he's not having any trouble with the Bears wide receivers out there. And he looks like that number one uh, cornerback. It just that would just be huge for them to finally get a guy who can come out there and shut down the opposing number one guy, which 
Kyle Fuller hasn't been able to do for years. You know what, Jeremy? It's it's weird to watch how this offense kind of goes through the motions. And I don't, I don't mean motions in, in a bad way. I'm talking about just the way that they move and how it's structured. It's not a lot of deep balls down the field. It's precise passing, short passes, trying to get you know yards after the catch. And I get that. And I totally understand that. But they're going to have to rely on those wide receivers to be able to get separation. And to me, that is still the the biggest question mark. And I think probably everybody's wondering now and waiting to see is if that Kevin White can be that guy to be able to help this Bears offense to be successful. And I, you said it yesterday. I, I don't see any of these guys being a 1,000-yard receivers, but they're going to have to be able to take advantage of opportunities because we know the run game, hopefully – um, they have a running back. We don't know how many times he's going to get the, the the rock, but we know these wide receivers have to be able to make plays if Mike Glennon or whoever under center is going to be successful. Yeah, and it's it's definitely concerning. I mean, you look at the guys that they have right now, and you say who, you know, in that third and seventh situation, who's the guy who's going to step up and beat man coverage, win that one-on-one battle, and make the play to get the first down? I don't know who that guy is right now. I mean, it, it, I, Right now with Kevin White, you basically have a third-year rookie, uh, you know, who still looks like he's developing out there. Whenever we we see him on the practice field, uh, you know, makes as many mistakes as he does good plays. So, and then you just have a bunch of uh, you know older veterans who you know are, are looking for to find a you know a new role on an offense. And I don't I don't know about Victor Cruz. I don't know about Ruben Randall. I haven't seen much from Kendall Wright either. I mean, I guess Marcus Wheaton has probably been the guy who's shown me the most out of all those new faces. So, uh, I think. You know, if you're looking to, for a new uh, that number one guy, it's it's either got to be Kevin White or it's got to be Cameron Meredith. I mean, if one of those other guys emerges and make, you know can contribute at a number three or a number four pace, that would be great. That's gravy. But I think either White or Meredith, you know, they have to step up. And and if they don't, I don't have high expectations for any of these other guys that they brought in. So, uh, you know, Kevin Kevin White's a former first round pick. The, the Bears need to get something out of him. And you know, now's his time. Stay on the field. Get make as a number one guy in the offense, you know, can will be able to move the ball, especially if they, they focus on Jordan Howard. So either White or Meredith, I don't really have a whole lot of hopes for the other guys. What's going on in the guard position? Are we really are we really switching long and sitting, or is this just talk? Yeah, I think they're. I think Long is uh, going to move to left guard and, and sit in the right guard. And I, you know, I don't think this, you know, particularly for sitting, he's played right guard in his career. But, you know, for Long, I, I, it's not a big, as big of a concern for me as it was when he moved from right guard to right tackle. I mean, guard position is the guard position. It's just basically you're switching everything. You know, it's not having to learn, you know, new techniques, a new kick step, a new drop angle. I mean, it's not starting from scratch, basically, when you move from guard to tackle. So, and, you know, we're talking about a three, uh, three-time three Pro Bowl guy. I think Long, I'm not worried about the switch. I'm more worried about him getting healthy and staying healthy on the field. Right. You know, he's he had those two big injuries, and he's coming off the, the, the surgery. I, you know, you worry about, you know, him staying on the field and just producing at that same level that he did before. Are we still going to see the same Kyle Long? That's more of my concern than what, what position he's playing. Yeah. I get that, but I, I guess then why change him at all? Like if you're if you're trying to get I, I, him to come back to what he was, I think why mess with it? I think the biggest thing though, when you, when you think about it, is on the left side, and and normally you, you're you're trying to protect the the blind side of your quarterback, and I think on the left side it gives the Bears a little bit more stability, and I think just a little, they're a little bit more at ease to be able to help out on that side. But yeah, I mean switching the positions is not really a big issue. 
it just whatever's better for their scheme and what they're trying to do, um, that's where we'll start to see as the season starts to progress and we start to see them in training camp of what they're trying to do, especially running-wise as well. But I'm with, I'm with you, Jeremy. I, I'm more worried about his health, man. I, I, I want to yeah. see him I want to see him healthy because, I mean, he's a guy that I don't care where you move him up and down that line. He is a stud. He can play any position, and I never saw this coming. I, I really didn't. When he was drafted, I didn't see it coming at all. But to see what he's been able to do in his time here in Chicago and what he can do on that offensive line, I mean, he is the modern-day offensive lineman now. It doesn't matter. Guys aren't just slotted at one spot anymore. You have guys like Cody Whitehair who, you know, played tackle and now is playing center, and you can see them interchange anytime they need to. And uh, it's just amazing to see how the offensive line has changed over the years. Yeah, and the offensive line, I, you know, as long as they do stay relatively healthy, they're not a concern for me. And I, I think the Bears have a, a lot of good talent, some good young talent. Like, people seem to have issues with Charles Leno. I think he's a very serviceable left tackle. I, have, I have actually have more concern about Bobby Massey on the right side than I do with Charles Leno. So, I think um, – and you're right, I didn't, I didn't see it out of – how could you expect that a guy who started five games at Oregon was going to, you know, come out and be a pro bowler from day one? I don't think anybody really saw that. You can look back at some of the bad picks that Phil Emery made. That one, you know, really he knocked it out of the ballpark on that one. So, really getting him getting him healthy up front, make sure Titan's healthy as well. You know, a guy like Flores Grassu was looking good last year before he got hurt. Got hurt. So they have some decent depth along the interior. You know, I'm excited to see what they're able to do up front because if that unit does gel, you know, we saw the you know the, the success that Jordan Howard had running behind them. They didn't give up a ton of sacks last year either. So that that's the key. That's the foundation for the offense. We're so worried about these these skill position guys, but if that foundation is there with that offensive line, that's going to make things a lot easier for these new guys. I'm telling you, man, it, it really it really is. How many touches do you see Jordan Howard get in the game? I mean, we we saw the Bears were successful when he had 20 or more touches in games. Those are games that he that the Bears won last year. Only three, but I can understand that. But could we see a guy that's going to be able to tote the rock? And does Dow Loggins actually give him the opportunity instead of being so pass heavy? Well, can he do it? Yeah, I absolutely believe he can. And I think he's the type of, of bruising running back who gets better as a game progresses and, and who can wear down a defense. And I remember one of the first talks we had with him uh, after the Bears drafted him, he said, you know, guys in the fourth quarter, they don't want to tackle me. You know, they, they, he's just been beating them up the entire game. And, you know, they, they come in there in a one-on-one situation you know, and they're not giving 100% effort because they don't want to get knocked down again. And I think that, you know, the more touches he gets, the better he gets and the more worn down the defense gets. So, uh, yeah, it's up to Dow Loggins. I mean, it, a lot of the situations last year, Bears getting down early, uh, didn't allow them to really ride the running game. Uh, but, you know, it, it's got to be a commitment from Loggins because I think he has to understand that Howard is his best weapon. He does have a good offensive line who can create holes for him. So if you ride him, use play action, you know, build off of that with play action, uh, use some of the speed that you have at the wide receiver position, you can do a lot, uh, you know, build an offense around Jordan Howard. So, yeah, get him 20 touches a game. There's no reason not to. And let Cohen be that change of pace guy. you got a pretty good uh, one-two attack there out of the backfield. All right. Is Pernell McPhee back? Is this the year? I know after the injury, you take that year and you kind of, you know, you flutter around and you do that. Is Pernell McPhee finally going to be back this year? Well, if he stays healthy, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, he was only healthy for, what, seven seven or eight games in his in his first year here, and he hasn't been healthy since. But I think he had seven sacks or six or seven sacks during that time. So, you know, you got a, a glimpse of his potential. Um, 
you know, it's really, uh, it's just, again, we talk about it all the time, but, you know, staying healthy is another issue, another huge piece of the puzzle here that, you know, we have to be concerned with health-wise. And I think the the best thing for Pernell McPhee is to for the Bears to use him in a rotation. Don't expect him to be the guy who's going to go out there and play 80% of the snaps. He was never that player for Baltimore. And as soon as they tried to make him that player in Chicago, he got hurt. So I think you have other talent there. You have uh, Willie Young. Lamar, if Lamar Houston kid out, can get out there, uh, you have the kid and Leonard Floyd. There's no reason for McPhee to be out there 80% of the snaps. Give him, you know, 60, 50, 60% of the snaps. Give him the rest that he needs and keep him healthy. And, yes, you, he can have the type of impact that he was paid to have. I mean, it's going to – you look at him and Leonard Floyd, and I I really – I get worried when I think about him and his small frame and the concussions and, and long-term for him as a football player and just in, in life. And listening to him talk about – that it took him two months to kind of get his head cleared from those concussions. It's scary because he's a guy with so much potential and pairing him with Pernell McPhee and what they were able to do last season when they were both on the football field, uh, the bears have a pretty good pass rush. If both those guys are on the football field. Yeah. And you brought it up. The concussion issue is so concerning uh, with Leonard Floyd, and, and not just that. I mean, that's not the only issue he dealt with last year. He had issues from health to the to the leg to the shoulder. I mean, up and down his body, he had he had problems. But the head issues, though, you know, once you get one concussion, it's pretty easy to start getting more and more. And you know, they, they you know they once they start building, you know, that's that's when a player starts to really go downhill. And you got a young guy like Floyd who showed potential, and you know, talked about how scary it was and how you know that fear. He's probably going to carry a lot of that. Into the into the games going forward, and you know, there's always going to be the concern. Uh, yeah, I, I am. I'm definitely concerned about that. If this is, if we were just talking about a bum elbow or, or you know, something or a bum shoulder, you know, we could say, hey, he just needs to get healthy. But you know, if a guy's already dealing with concussions at this early in his career, it's hard to foresee them just going away. So hopefully, he just he learns from the process, uh, learns to be a little safer, you know, have a little better body control out on the field and not put his body in harm's way and, you know, try, try and still be a playmaker without put, you know, getting hurt. I, it's a tough task. I, I know. I, I don't know what you do to play at a hundred percent and, and, you know, play at a high level and, and not put your body at risk, but he's got to figure it out because if, if these concussions build on, on one another, I, you know, his career may not be very long. That's for sure. Uh, three wins in 2016, John Fox seats getting a little hot. Um, after the yeah. end of of minicamp, seems like John Fox has talked to us, the media, was, you know, that he was encouraged by seeing his team kind of gel together during the process of OTAs and minicamps. But everybody seems like they're on the outside. It looks, outside looking in, it looks like this team is, yeah, they're, they're pretty happy. But what do you think the true pulse is of John Fox with this Bears locker room, does he still have a pulse, or are, are guys kind of maybe tuning him out a little bit, or you think everything is still all good with him still being on the hot seat right now? I think with the players, everything's fine. I don't, I don't think players necessarily worry about the the coach's job security, and maybe you you know you might know a little bit more about that than I would. But I I think you know. If you're looking at what the Bears have now, you know, a, a veteran who was here last year, he's looking around him, and he's looking at the teammates that he has now compared to what they have last year, and I think there's there's clearly some better talent at the top. I think there's clearly better depth, too. You know, I, I'm not saying this is a playoff team, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that the Bears are in a better spot, um, and I think the players kind of have to realize that, you know, when they look around at each other, and I still think that John Fox is a, is a, is a player's coach. 
Um, he interacts well with the guys who see him out there. I, 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 you know, I don't think it's the same type of situation uh, as Mark Tressman, you know, first-year coach who, you know, was more like a, a library a librarian, you know, or a school teacher. Where John Fox, two Super Bowls, you know, he's 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 already, you know, has that built-in respect that uh, I think the players give him. And and beyond that, I think you know we're talking about, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side, Vic Fangio, Ed Donatello, those are two of the best guys in the business. So I think the players are going to play hard for them, even if they, you know, didn't uh, have the respect for Fox. But no, I think Fox still has a locker room. I don't I don't see this type of chaos. Uh, or you know, dis- overall disrespect that we saw at the end of Tressman's uh, era here. I, I still think that John Fox, as long as he's going to be here, the players are going to respect him and play hard for him. All right, Jeremy, we appreciate you for jumping on the podcast sure. today, man. You are a very knowledgeable dude when it comes to Bears football, one of the best. And anytime I get a chance to talk Bears football with you, I always feel smarter after our conversation. <laughs> so um, yeah, I feel the same way when I talk to you. Jared. Oh, that's so, what's uh, up, man. Follow sick. Jeremy Stoltz on Twitter, Bear Report. Check it out. You got it. Thanks, guys, for having me. That was Jeremy Stoltz, Bear Report. At Wealth Bear of knowledge. Report Wealth of knowledge. On Twitter. For my man, Shy Voice Man on Twitter. I'm at Peyton Sun. P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N. WGNRadio.com. Down in distance. Go to D-A-D-Pod on Twitter as well. As always, we were here, now we're gone. Peace. Peace.